In today's episode, once again, we are speaking to the amazing Brian Will, who went from being a college dropout to a multimillionaire. Brian Will is a serial entrepreneur and industry-leading business and sales management consultant. During the course of his career, Brian has created or co-created seven very successful companies in four different industries. These companies were worth over a half a billion dollars um, at their peak, he has multiple turnaround projects for companies from startups to Fortune 500 and help those organizations drive billions of dollars in this in, in sales. His multifaceted background gives him the ability to understand the, and teach agile process, processes and principles and articulate their implications from multi-perspective uh, from the development team to executive board. Today, Brian owns a growing chain of restaurants in Atlanta area and as well as an insurance and technology company based in Denver and a residential and commercial real estate business in Georgia, Florida. He also serves as a, on city council in his hometown of uh, Georgia. Let's speak to Brian and find out how you can grow your own seven-figure-plus business. Let's find out. And if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing Brian Will. Welcome, Brian. Welcome, Gul. I appreciate you having me on the show today. This is awesome. Thank you so much for coming back, Brian. We had such a fantastic conversation on Friday feature. We had to have you back on Money Talkies. Brian, everyone's heard um, your intro, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I am a business coach, consultant. I run a mastermind group. My background, however, has been in 35 years of business and consulting. I've built two companies I sold into venture capital. I built one company that I sold into private equity. I've done consulting for billion-dollar companies. I've trained a 1,000 salespeople that have sold billions of dollars worth of products in the U.S. And now we take all that experience and all that knowledge, and I bring it down to what I call the new entrepreneur level, which is startup through $10 million in revenue. And we help teach them how to move forward, accelerate, amplify, and make money. Fabulous. And that's really appropriate for today's topic, which is how to build and grow your own seven-figure plus, because we're looking to go to end 10 figures, seven-figure plus business. So how do we start start thinking about building a business? So if someone comes to you and they're like, Brian, I want to build, I want to start a business, but I don't know where or how or what area to start with. You know, I, 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 I my, my, I'm the first one in my family. Everybody in my family is, is, has, is in jobs. They've got, you know, they're in, they've always been nine to five. I don't want to do a nine to five. How do I start my business and what area do I look at, you know, right from the beginning? How, what advice would you give that individual? So I tell all new entrepreneurs this, and here's my first bit of advice. If you have never launched and built your own successful business, here's the key. You don't know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. You need to start with that premise. 
And if you start with the premise that you don't know what you're doing, then what that means is you're about to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to have a lot of failures and you're going to have a lot of issues and challenges and trials and tribulations. So, oh my gosh, if I'm going to start this and have all these issues, how can I get around that? How can I avoid it? How, wh- what do I need to do? I say, okay, the second thing I'm going to tell you is you need to get a mentor or a business coach mm-hmm. without question, because you want somebody who has been there, done that, who has already made all the mistakes you're about to make, who has already made all the good decisions and bad decisions that can sit with you and say, Hey, Gull, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to do. Do it this way. Do it this way. Do it this way. You hire a mentor, you hire a coach. That's the very first thing you should invest in. And it will save you light years of losses and failures because they they've already made them. Why would you want to make the same mistakes somebody else has already made when they can simply tell you what not to do? So first understand, you don't know, check your ego, hire a business coach. That's the first thing you need to do before you ever do anything else. Get a coach mentor. And so, assuming you've got a you've got a mentor, what? How do you pick a, 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 an area to go into? So, um, actually, I'm going to go back backtrack a little bit. How do you select a mentor in this day and age? And there are so many. And I'm talking in 2023. There are so many charlatans out there. So yep. many, and there's so many bro bro marketers out there. They, you know, they. They come in. They've made money when you know when there was the uh, the the I suppose the 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 cowboys uh, you know the 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 cowboys agent Facebook you know they made millions of Facebook when it's easy like penny for a pound or something. Um, and same thing in you know, early days of YouTube. So these people have made a lot of money when it was easy to you know there was very little um, unsophisticated marketing done on these platforms, social media platforms. And they now have gone and, and they now um, are using that. So look, I'm so this and I'm so that. And, you know, you should listen to me. And they charge mm-hmm. crazy amount, like $15,000, $20,000, you know, for yep. mentorship. And there are others who are using literally lies. You know, they learn from these people and they, you know, have fake, fake um, you know, Lamborghinis and fake whatever ads and whatever. And they show people like, you look, look what we can do for you. And so... And I'm saying this, by the way, as a, as a British on a Friday feature, I'm one of those people who was loses, right? I have invested in a couple of these charlatans myself, and yep. even the guarantees are fake, like completely yep. fake. You need to ask for you know money back, and they're like, yep. we don't offer money back. How do I select a mentor? So the most important thing you can do is vet the people that you're going to talk to, and by that mean by that I mean you need to find out what they've actually done, if they've actually done it. I joke all the time. I could I could go on the internet right now, go and get a certificate that says that I'm a certified coach for $149. It mm. doesn't make me a certified coach. Yeah. Right. You need to find somebody who hasn't done it 10 years ago when it's not relevant. You need mm. to find somebody who has just done it. Right. So mm. if you're going to pick a business that you're going to go into, if it's a retail store, I'm going to go find somebody who has a successful retail store or two or three and ask them if they will help coach or mentor me. I don't just go on the internet and type in coach mentor business person, you know, because you're going to get exactly what you're talking about. I, I've seen them too. It's $50,000. It's $75,000. There's $100,000. There's $200,000. Yeah. And you're like, you're scratching your head like, okay, you know, if I have $100,000, why do I need to get a mentor in the first place? If I made the first $100,000, I can, you know, do X, Y, Z. Um, so yeah. vet the people, find the people. I always call it, and I, this is one of the things I say in, in, in when we work with people is, Stop chasing the advice of billionaires. Billionaires and you have nothing in common. It's not relatable. There's nothing they can say that will help you. Find somebody who is 10 steps ahead of you, just Mm -hmm. 10. They can reach down and say, do this, do this, do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. So it's really about vetting those people. And hey, I'm like you. I've spent money on a lot of things Mm -hmm. uh, that turned out to be worthless. And 
you may run into that, but you still got to do it. And you still got to find that right person. So I think it's the worst that, thing you can do. Don't take advice from your friends, your relatives, or your agreed. parents. That's the worst thing. you. That's can the do. worst thing. I think you need to take advice from someone who's been there, done that, what you're trying to achieve. Yes. And hey, I think I, I think this is really important. So I think you have to decide what is it that you want to do. I think you have to make the decision first, and then look for somebody who's who's achieved uh, who's achieved yep. some success in that area. So, for example, if you want to set up a successful business on Amazon, or you want to set up um, the, the lo- co- a local co- corner shop, you know, or you want to set up um, I don't know a coaching business. Whatever business you decide that you you know want to go into, first make that decision and then choose a mentor based on your um, based on your decisions. I think this is this is one of the things that I found. Not everyone can help you. Not not all mentors are the same. Um, and you know when I when I choose mentors now, I choose very specifically. So I've I got I got into M and A's last year. And then I chose my mentor because he was, he's done this, you know, he's, he's built a business up, scaled and sold to private equity a number of times. That's why I chose that individual. And I, I, be, I became part of his mastermind. Yes, I paid a lot right. of money and it was, a, it, was a, it was a large investment, but I'm looking to build a lifelong generational wealth. So I'm willing to invest and work with him. And this is my second year with him. And so I think you need to make a decision in terms of what you are trying to achieve first. What are you trying to do? And then go and look for a mentor who can support you on your journey. I think that's the first step. Okay. So what's, what, what do we do next? What do we do after that? Well, I, w- I want to back up and make a point here that you okay. just made and I made, and I've just recently gotten into this whole social media thing and building mm-hmm. content online. And I'm just launching my mastermind organization because my history has been in corporate consulting. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm now bringing that down. I'm looking for mentors. I've already hired two and I'm looking for another one in specific areas. I'm hiring a mentor in in social media and hiring a mentor in podcasting. And now I'm looking Mm -hmm. one uh, to get me on stages and help me speak. So even at my level and I, you know, my biggest sale was $80 million. I mean, I've made a lot of money and I've had Mm -hmm. a lot of success, but I still am looking for mentors to help me in specific areas. And you just said the same thing. Here you are with 450,000 downloads, I think I saw on your podcast and 0.2% worldwide, and you're still looking for mentors. So the challenge with young entrepreneurs sometimes is they don't think they need it. And what they don't Mm. understand is even the people that are super successful have mentors. The people that I'm hiring have mentors. That's just, it's so critical. It's so critical. Now, I wanted to make that point and I forgot what your question was. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 my point was once they've decided that what area they want to go into and they've gone and researched a mentor what's the next step after that so how do they start going up building the business you know do they raise well, funds it, i would tell you that most people that start businesses I, I call them specialists in my book i said there's four personalities in a business right there's an entrepreneur a manager a salesperson and a specialist and a specialist mm-hmm. is someone who has a specialized skill that they want to start a business around. If you're working as a plumber, you start a plumbing business. If you're an architect, you start an architect business. Mm -hmm. If you're a lawyer, you hang your shingle. Mm -hmm. So most people who start businesses already have something that they're good at that um, they're going to build a business around. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be the majority. Now there are people who have no clue and they end up going to franchise shows and business opportunity shows. And I think most of those people get taken advantage of. I got to be very honest with you. Yes, agreed. Uh, I, I don't recommend that at all. If you're going to do something in the franchise world, do something that's, you know, big time legit that, you know, has a success record behind it. But I think most people start with that specialized skill. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing they need to do, and by the way, my book is all about mindset. The next thing you need to do if you're going to start a business is figure out who you are inside that business. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I ask people this all the time, should everybody be an entrepreneur? And the answer is no. 
should everybody be a CEO? And the answer is no. I've had people that work for me for 20 years and we jokingly call it, they want to be number one, but they're just not number one. They're not, they're the specialist, they're the manager, they're the salesperson, but they're not the CEO. Those are different personalities. That doesn't mean you can't start a business if you're an architect or if you're the electrician, but it does mean that you're probably not maybe a good manager and you need to hire people around you who could fill in where you're weak, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a solopreneur, that's one thing. But if you want to build a company with intrinsic value, then you need to bring team members on who are strong where you're weak. You need to understand who you are and what you're strong and weak in at. Mm. And a lot of entrepreneurs can't do that. They think that they've got an ego, you know, that's twice as big as their head and they think they're everything to everybody and they're just not sometimes and it holds them back. So Mm -hmm. figure out who you are in your business, hire people around you to fill in the areas where you're weak, and that's how you will succeed and grow. So that's the next big thing you need to do. I love what you said there. And I, uh, when you were saying this, I was smiling in my head because as we speak, uh, one, of the, one of the things about me is I'm very, very creative and creative people are. And as organized as I tend to be in my, you know, like I'm, I'm do things, I have an OCD in terms of being cleansiness. In terms of my work thing, I'm all over the place. And this, for this exactly reason, I have an operations manager in my coaching business and I have yep. somebody yep. else in my social media and so forth. And, and I, when I was thinking, and I was, I remember having this, the conversation with myself, um, I'm my own best friend, by the way. So I was having a conversation <laughs> with myself trying to say, okay, go, how are we going to do this? Cause my next, my next level business is obviously is quite scary in terms of the, where I'm going and I'm looking to build an eight to nine figure business and how I'm putting things together. I know for a fact, I would make a terrible CEO. I'm not CEO material. I don't want to be in the office <laughs> nine to five. So, and I, and I don't, I'm not CFO either. So my first question was, okay, what are we going to do? And I already have in my mind, okay, so when we go and do this, when we buy these businesses and we merge them together and we work it out, the very first hire I'm going to have to do is a CEO. I'm a, you know, it's going to be a manager director who we obviously will promote to CEO of, of the, of the, of the, of the main holding company afterwards. And then we need to get CFO, which for for all the multiple companies to guide that to guide that. So already in my mind, I'm already thinking I'm not putting myself in that role because yeah. I just don't fit it. I will right. not. I would pull my hair out. I'll probably go crazy. Um, I don't want people to be calling me even two o'clock in the afternoon. That should be the CEO's job, not mine, because I don't want to be having a full time job. At one, I don't want the job, and two, I don't think that the role fits me. The creativity, buying, right. finance, that mindset work that fits me. So it's more the entrepreneur, by the way, it's the creative strategic fat 30,000 foot oversight. Right? Exactly. That's me. So I am the entrepreneur, whereas I'm not the CEO. I'm not the CFO. Right. That's something that I would die if I had to be in that position. So I'm already thinking of, you know, making sure that I have these people will be far more intelligent than me for God's sake, for sure. So hiring more people who are more intelligent than me, who can do the role better than I and pay them accordingly because they pay them the dues. Yes. And benefit the com- the the company or the conglomerate when it's it's formed. It's still in my mind at the moment. Hopefully, it will come to fruition in the next few years. That's what I'm going to be doing. So, recognizing your strengths is a crucial element. Now, I've learned this the hard way. Again, I keep saying this. I learn everything the hard way. I learned the hard way that I do not like having a dark team. I remember trying to make a last like a large team in 2021. It was horrible. My business went down. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when, I, when I was trying to build a team and I kept going, kept going to the beginning of 2022 and it just, it just collapsed my business. Cause I having a large team doing, having multiple things, it just didn't work for me. So now I realize one, I can't be the CEO. Um, two, I can't deal with large team members. I need to deal with a few people who can have 
teens yep. underneath them and dealing that way but it's recognizing my skills it doesn't mean mean i'm dumb it doesn't mean i'm uh, i don't have any value it just means i work differently i accept my strengths i accept my weaknesses and instead of focusing on weaknesses i focus on my strengths and develop them and then that's how i build a better business i think that's the point i was trying to reinforce that what you said was really, really important recognize who you are and then and then have that in mind before you start your journey. I think it's a lot easier if you start a journey with knowing your strengths and weaknesses. And then see, as you learn, you can develop. Well, I think what you've said, which is important, is not just recognize what you're strong at, because a lot of entrepreneurs who are big ego, A personality drivers mm-hmm. think they can do everything. I think it's critical to recognize who you're not yeah. so that you understand who you need to bring into the organization. I'm, you've said earlier that you're dyslexic. I'm ADHD. We didn't know who, what that was when I was in school 35 years ago. All I knew was I couldn't focus, right? I'd pick up yeah. a book and I'd put it down. I'm like, okay, where's the squirrel running around? I, 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 and it's why I didn't do good in school, mm. right? I know because of that, I can't do detail work. I am bullet point think. Yeah. I think at this level up here and I'm like, just handle it, handle it, handle it. Because I, I just can't focus on the details like that. Yeah. Now, the benefit to being ADHD is that you can focus on a lot of things at a small level. And if you've got a good team under you, this is why I can run multiple companies. Because I just go do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then I let them handle the job and mm. you know I can walk away from it. So yeah, recognize who you are and who you're not. Find those good people. Wonderful. So what's this next step <clears throat> after that? All right. So now we have to, whatever it is we're selling, this is, this is going to be critical. You have to figure out why somebody should buy that product from you and not somebody else. And this is critical because if you're just a dime a dozen, like everybody else, then why would anybody buy it from you when they can go buy it anywhere? You can't scale a business that doesn't have something unique, something that nobody else has some, some reason for them to come to you. There's gotta be a draw. Otherwise you're just going to flounder along. You're never going to grow and it's not going to work. So, and I give you a quick story. A guy called me and he said, Hey, I'm starting my own business and I need a key. He was selling health insurance. He said, I need a, I need a slick line to get in the door of these companies to get past the secretary and the gatekeeper. What's the slick line I can use? And I said, well, why should they buy from you? Mm. And he goes, well, because I, I give better customer service. And I said, everybody says that, that means nothing. Mm. And he goes, well, I care about their employees. And I said, again, don't care means nothing. Mm. And he goes, well, what, what is it? I said, I don't know. You tell me, I don't care how long it takes you to figure out, but you need to figure out why somebody should buy from you. And when you figure that out, now you can build a big business. I said, you figure that out. You call me back. Hmm. The truth is he didn't have to call me back because when he figured out why people should buy from him, he knew how to grow his business. Hmm. So that's the big one. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Why should they buy it from you? Well, I sell hats. Well, so what? Everybody does that. Well, I, I, I... provide coaching. Okay. Well, everybody provides coaching. What's so great about your coaching? Okay. Well, and when you figure what that is, now you've got something you can build on. So that's the next step in figuring out how to build So creating a valid offer. I think, I mean, I recently, recently read uh, the book by Alex Hamonzi, the hundred million offers, Mm -hmm. the hundred million offer or something along those lines. And I think I saw some of his, his thinking behind it, which is amazing, which is anything that you have, 
you need to create package it up in an offer and generally i mean you know it has to be a great offer that somebody says you know i can't say no to it if right. it's the same thing as that you they can like a supermarket then you can go to another supermarket and get the same thing then why would they bother going to it you know why would they come to you specifically what what need is it and if you are the same as everybody else then your prices will be same as everybody else and you're competing for pricing and you're going down the hill Whereas if you create individual offers which are unique to you, that you know there is no competition because there's only one of you and there's only that there's only one type offer, then then um, you can price according to whatever you want because there's the more there's there's this lack of um, you know there's 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 lack of supply. There is only you supplying it, so you you decide the the price for it, you decide the demand for it, you decide how much you want to charge for it. And therefore, you can overcharge as long as you're willing to provide a unique offer. I think this is the premise behind his book, which I think is brilliant. And I think it really yeah. made me think that before we sell anything, we have to think, how how is my offer different? What am I different? I mean, in my own business, I remember I, it got me thinking, what's my USB? In terms of the strategies and things I talk about, I think there's a lot of people have taken that from me um, and from other books as well. As I, you know, as I've grown on the giants of others, people have grown on me. That's perfectly fine. What still makes me stand out is my unique uh, energy tools. They are very unique to me, and they, they cannot be replicated. So that's yep. my unique offer, and 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 my ability to be me, who I am, just that 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 human connection, and really trying to support people. That's me. So as long as I can articulate both of those elements of my offer, which is my unique energy tools and my ability to connect with people and really help. Obviously, everyone says the same thing. You have to be able to convey that mm-hmm. point across. Then I will never be short of clients in a coaching business, at least, because people will see, okay, she, nobody else can do the, the things that Google does. And then obviously, if they want my, if they benefit from my energy clearings, they have to come to me. They can't go to X, Y, and Z because nobody else will do the same work that I do. I think this is where you have to recognize what's unique about you or your offer and, yep. and see it that you have to create a unique offer and if you do, if you're successful in that, then you can you can you can demand whatever price you want. And well, it's interesting because I was doing my research on you before the show, and one of the things I was look, I kept looking at, at your videos and your website, and I was like, well, I've never seen this before. And so there's your unique offering. You're exactly right. I've never seen the things that you do in any other coaching program. So you're exactly right. You have a unique offering. Yeah, and and the fact that I'm a lawyer too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very logical minded person doing very, you know, illogical things. Anyway. Um, okay, great. So once we have an offer done, what's the next step? You know, is it marketing? What's, what would you what would you say is the next thing after that? Well, so the next step is we've we've got a business that's up and going at this point. Hopefully you're doing some marketing, you're getting some sales. And the next thing you need to understand as a business owner is you need to protect yourself. Okay. And this gets back to some of the lessons I learned early, early on. So I see a lot of business owners that they jump in business and they start making some money. And the first thing they start doing is spending it. Mm. Right. And when you spend everything you've got, which is something I did early on and don't protect yourself for what I call protect your building blocks and your lifestyle, um, then you're setting yourself up for a problem if there's a downturn. Right. Mm. So I say, don't increase your lifestyle. Don't buy anything new. Just build your business. Start building your, your sales, your revenue, your profits, Start putting your cash reserves aside. Start protecting that business from a cash standpoint so that if something happens, you can't get hurt. And then as you start building these building blocks of lifestyle, just make sure that there's always a protection behind you. So uh, like if COVID happens again, and you know I own a little chain of restaurants and we all shut down just like that. 
Mm. right? We went from open one day to close the next, or this banking crisis we've got going on right now in the US and all these companies have their payroll money stripped away from them. You need to be able to protect yourself against stuff like that. So if you'll protect yourself, protect your business, don't increase your lifestyle, uh, then you can start to profitably build a company. And ultimately we get you to the point where you can build a company that does that no longer needs you to be there full time to run it. And that's where you start creating actual lifestyle and something of intrinsic value that you can sell and start to create that generational wealth, which is what most people really want. So so I'm going to break that down a little bit. So there's a couple of things there, which I think are, are a couple of steps. First of all, I think I love the idea that let's go a step further. I think marketing is really important. Work out what kind of marketing can work for you. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, understanding the marketing, the 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 stage of marketing changes all the time. It's always evolving. There was a time when Facebook was the all the rave, and it still could work for some people. But Facebook has had many issues, and I personally do not like Facebook at all. I have to say, um, it's you know, personal preference. Um, but there are so plenty of other platforms out there to do the marketing and the email marketing and, and um, so forth. But rec- educate yourself. This is where your mentor should be able to help you in terms of what's the best yep. form of marketing for your particular business. And this is where your business mentor will help you and support you with. But you do, if you are starting a new, this is one thing you have to learn is how to market business. Marketing and sales are the bloodline of your business. If you don't get enough new leads in, then you're not going to be able to sustain a business. And the same at the same time, the people who are coming in, make sure they're repeat customers or they're happy customers for referrals and for repeat customers. So that's something else for marketing point standpoint of view and sales moving on from then i think the next step that i think is very very important is what you said make sure that you are building your cash reserves make sure that you have ways to protect yourself to pay taxes i think one thing entrepreneurs forget all the time they have to pay taxes so put money aside in taxes and other things and i think this is where profit first i think i've heard i've spoken to a couple of people from you know profit first um theory I think that works. But anyway, again, your mentor should, if you have a mentor, a business mentor, they should be able to support you in terms of how much uh, cash you need to allocate to all these um, different accounts. So protection for yourself is very, very important. And the third one you said, which is something that I only worked, I came across last year when I started looking into M&As is if you want to sell this business in the future at some point, you need to you know, build this business from, you know, in a way that eventually you can step away from the, you know, main, 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 you know, be the main lead or maybe the main driver behind the business, put someone else in there. So the business runs without you. Only if the business is able to run without you will have intrinsic value and you'll be able to sell it onto someone else and actually, you know, for all the five, 10 years that you put behind it, you can actually profit from when you sell. Without it, if you are the main the business, then why would anyone buy? Because as soon as you leave, the business will collapse. That's exactly right. If you are the chief technical person or if every customer knows you and they come to you personally, then that business has almost no value. Yeah. None. You've got to replace yourself in every role in the organization. Now, you don't need to do that day one. Day one, you need to be everything to everybody. But as you move this business forward, keep replacing yourself in every role. Now, I will tell you, you will make less money doing this Yes, because by replacing yourself, you have to pay somebody what you used to do, but that also frees up your time so that you can expand the business farther, right? Yes. So then the business builds back up and then you replace yourself again, which will take a little financial hit and then you build the business back up and this cycle just goes you know, all the way until someday you replace yourself as a CEO. Listen, I have, I have restaurants I never go to. I, like if I don't I have 150 employees, I probably don't know 125 of them. But my business has value. If I sold it today, they wouldn't even know I was gone. Mm. 
That's why it has value. And that's what you want to do in your business so that one day you can sell it, make a bunch of money and walk away. And I've done three exits and in every case I walked away and the businesses are bigger today than when I left them. So Mm. that's critical. I think it's important to recognize that. I think this is a relatively new concept that I that I didn't know when I was first starting out last year. And it made and I didn't think about um the idea of selling a business. I think we we always think of you know starting and, and doing ourselves. And only when I became when I built an interest in MA, I realized I can buy business rather than starting up. And therefore, when I, if I was, if I was, when I'm, because now I'm looking at buying business, and then I realize, that, well, if I, tomorrow I want to sell my business, if I'm the main person behind it, then my, you know, the, my business has no value, regardless of the EBITDA. So um, this is important, you know, having the focus in mind. What's your intention behind this business? Let me um, give you one more, and it's yep. not, and it's not just from the sale perspective, goal, mm-hmm. but I'll give you an example. I was using an architect to build our last restaurant, and he did our mechanical, electrical, and plumbing. He's called MEPs. He was out in Arkansas, and he's a solopreneur doing the work, and we hired him to to do all these drawings for us. And a tornado came through and knocked his house down, and suddenly he was out of business. Mm-hmm. And I had to fire him and hire somebody else because he couldn't do the work for me. So it's not just from the sale perspective, but think about your business and your income and what happens to you if you get sick or you get hurt Mm. or you can't go to work or what happens to your business, your lifestyle, your income and your family if you can't work. And so that's why you need to protect yourself in that business as well. Amazing. That's an additional an additional incentive for you to make sure that you are able to hire staff, people, staff, yes. um, and team members to to um, to replace the work you're currently doing. And I think it helps as well. I think you know, I I don't like I I don't I like to, I don't like calling staff. I like to call team members. I like people working yep. with me rather than under me. I, I'm not I'm not really um, a managerial person at all. I like talking to people as friends. And I like learning people from people. I like to be not the dumbest person in the group, but I like to be people who are more intelligent than me. And I think everyone's more intelligent than me. So I like to hire people who are smarter, <laughs> who I can learn from. You know, I'm always learning. And if I, if you know, in I think that's how we need to view it. If if somebody else can come and do that role better than I can, maybe they'll be slower initially because obviously I can just get on with it. But I mean, I'll give an example. My operations manager, when she first came in, obviously it took her time to adjust. It took three to six months to adjust. But my God, now she does everything like this, you know, our, our contracts yep. and this and handling the staff queries and everything else. She does it all along. And I have, I don't even have the clue. And she trains people when they come in as well. And I couldn't imagine doing that myself, but she does. And so this is important. So there is, um, there's this cost involved. One, the time cost. And two, um, the fact that you, yes, you will have to pay someone to do that particular role, but it pays off in the long term because then you're building a business, not just a, another job for yourself. Yes. I'm very clear in my mind that I, when I'm looking at these multiple businesses, and one of them is actually law firms, I'm going back to law, um, I don't want a job. I don't want to be working in as a lawyer. I am definitely not going to be working as a lawyer. I am going to be the business owner, not going to be working inside of it. So I'll be hiring right. somebody from within the in the firm to become the, mani- the managing partner and run the law firm. And I'm very clear about it. And I'm going to go back to the point that you just said. Uh, one of the law firms I was looking at, and the sale collapsed, by the way, that was a bit of a hot. Again, I learned I learned everything the hard way. But anyhow, um, we the sale that fell through, and quite maybe quite rightly so, this individual who was selling, and he's 74, by the way, He's 74 years old and he is selling his law firm, but he couldn't sell at the moment. Like he had to stay on for another couple of years because if he left, if he left, I leave, that's a terrible word. If he, if he leaves, <laughs> um, terrible English, you know, you never realize I'm a bastard, would you? Um, if he leaves, the, the clients will leave 
with him. Yes. So for that reason, he's unable to, um, you know, he was able able to uh, advertise the fact that he was selling his business. One managing partner actually came on board once we went through quite 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 a lot of our discussions and quite a lot of negotiations. And when as soon as the, the, one of the senior um, you know, partners came through. She's not a negative partner. She's just a partner. She literally collapsed the sales. Literally, it was her single-handedly collapsed the sale because she did not want him to leave. Mm-hmm. And um, But he himself knew that he could not leave. He had to work for at least another couple of years because if he leave, if he, sorry, then, if he left, he would lose those clients. So, you know, And that yeah. would obviously have a detrimental effect on the earnout yep. that he's going to have on the firm. And I was thinking, 74 years old. And he's stuck. And he's stuck. Right, yeah. uh, and so obviously that that sale of that law firm went uh, down the drain. I'll probably I will approach them again next year to see where he is after a year because he'll be seventy five then. Um, <laughs> but imagine being you know he can't leave that he can't leave his business. He's, he, he didn't prepare because he didn't prepare. And even though he has staff members in there who can, he said they can you know they can um, they can uh, get, they can uh, step into his role. They can step into the role doing the work, but publicly, because he's the face of the firm, personal relationships. It's a personal relationship. It's that that's what's going to collapse yep. that that law firm, uh, because his he is he's so heavily involved in the, in in terms of the face of the firm. He has. So the key thought, for this yeah. is simply, I'm I'm 70 years old. I think I'll sell at 75. I have five years yeah. to groom my successor and slowly pull myself out of the organization. But he didn't do that. No. And I don't know if that's an ego problem, if it's just a poor planning problem. I think it's poor planning. I think with the individual, because I'm speaking to him, he's a he's a lovely, lovely individual. I think it's poor planning. And because of that, um, one of the partner, the partner who she who collapsed the sale, she's 50 and she doesn't want to lose her her, you know, she right. doesn't lose her law firm. And I I mean I understand her sentiments. I'm not having I think dig at anyone. Um, it's just unfortunate that's how it happened. But if it's for that very reason. You know, how long can he carry on? You know, mm-hmm. honestly, it's going to happen one way or another. Exactly. Anyway, so let, let's wrap this up. So what, so, you know, can you give us a summary of, you know, um, of all, you know, how do we start, scale and exit a business? So I think that's why we ended up going down that route of exiting or, or having the possibility of exiting if you wanted to in five to 10 years when you built up a business. Right. Can you give us a quick summary of, of, of this right now? So look, here's here's your whole life cycle. First thing you need to do, is find a coach mentor because you don't know what you're doing. First thing you need to do is understand you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. The second thing you need to do because you don't know what you're doing is get the coach mentor right out of the gate. Next, you need to figure out what it is you're going to sell, why people should buy from you. That's critical, important. Number three, and I didn't mention this earlier, we didn't get to this, but one of the critical things you need to understand as a CEO is numbers. You need to understand the critical metrics within inside your business, whatever they are. We call this PL analysis. It does, and you don't have to be the CPA or the accountant, but you need to figure out how to analyze your PL and the critical metrics so that you can track your business, right? You need to understand who you are and who you're not in the business so that you can focus on what you're good at and let somebody else do the other stuff. Not everybody's cut out to be the CEO, something you talked about. Uh, figure out who you are. Once you figure out who you are, figure out your marketing plan and how are you going to sell this product? Why should people buy it from you? You need to keep that coach mentor. You need to keep your ego in check because that person's going to help you all along the way. Although maybe it's a different person. Hmm. Maybe you found somebody like me. I found somebody for podcasts. I've got somebody for my social media pages. I have different mentors that help me in different areas, right? So find the people that are going to help you protect your business, protect your income, protect your cash so that you're, you can't get hurt. 
and then figure out what the end goal is for this business. If this business is something that you want to eventually sell and exit, then you need to start preparing for how you're going to do that. And that's replacing yourself in every role of the business. And even if you're not, I have a friend, Jason Duncan, who runs a mastermind called Exit Without Exiting. It's how to exit your business without actually selling it, but you don't actually have to go to work anymore. And that's all about building teams so that you can live a lifestyle and still have the income. So figure out what you want out of the business long-term and start preparing for that um, along the way. And eventually you'll get where you want to go. And, and I'll go back to this one. Understand that wherever you start in life, wherever you start in business, you may have to work harder and learn more lessons than anybody else who's been there. You may not go as fast as you want to go, but as long as you don't quit and you keep learning, eventually you will be successful. Brilliant. On that note, we're going to wrap up. So Brian, tell us, where can we find you on the internet? How can we connect with you? Yep. I'm on my, you can go to my website. It's www.brianwillmedia.com. All social media, the dropout MM, uh, but my website's the easiest way to find me. Wonderful. If you're listening to us on the podcast, then links for Brian will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have all the links for Brian to go check him out and see how he can help you support your business. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Brian. It's been a fascinating conversation with you. Thank you for being here. Well, I appreciate you having me. This was awesome. And thank you for listening to me and Brian today on Wednesday Money Talkies. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.goldcard.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.